Tonight, back by popular demand, our viewers' favorite, Manny Montenegrino, a feature-length conversation about the year in Canadian law and politics. It's December 29th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Well, you know, we have fan favorites as guests here at Rebel News. And by that, I mean people who, when they come on the show, people say, you should have them on more often. I loved it. And of course, you know who I'm talking about. When I say fan favorite, I'm probably talking about my friend in Ottawa, Manny Montenegrino, who has had a very diverse career. He was in politics. He was in law. He was the manager of a major national law firm. He was Stephen Harper's lawyer. And he is a keen observer of all things political, but he doesn't just talk about politics. He understands the larger context and the legal context. One of my favorite guys. And he joins us now for a special special in-depth interview. Manny, great to see you again. I tell you, clear the decks when Manny's around because we're going to cover everything. We'll touch on politics and philosophy and history. When you look back at 2022, it was like we lived a decade in a year, didn't we? Well, we did. I mean, uh, the worst part of 2022, and Ezra, you know this of me, I was uh, called to the bar just slightly before the uh, adoption of the Charter of Rights. And so in, in, legal, in the legal community, our generation are called charter babies because we BC, were the first before the charter. You were born. You were <laughs> born in the bar two years BC or whatever it was. Right, and it came just at the, at the same time. So we were as young lawyers. We were completely enthralled with the process, and we loved the idea of having individual rights above the state. Much like, and I think America is the only country that truly has that. So we were very excited as lawyers who fight for individual rights to have the Charter of Rights in 1983 come to Canada. Now, there was some dilution to it, uh, and some of us were upset that the notwithstanding clause was put in uh, that was still allows Parliament the ability to override individual rights in very exceptional circumstances. And I can still hear um, Prime Minister Trudeau, uh, not this one, the other one, Pierre Trudeau, and everyone else saying this notwithstanding clause will never be used. Only in the rarest circumstances will you trample rights. So we were all applauding it. And 2022, only almost 40 years after the Charter, I have never seen so many individual rights trampled upon time after time at the whim of this Justin Trudeau um, government. And I'm sure his father is spinning in his grave. He was a, he was a jurist, he understood individual rights. Uh, this Justin Trudeau, I don't think understands anything except, you know, political correctness and, uh, and just, just being a, 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 a vacuous human being. But, but so here we have, I mean, 2022, what happened? Well, people lost their jobs, lost the ability to earn an income. People lost the ability to have governance over their own body. Section seven of the charter violation. People lost their mobility rights. Section six of the charter. People lost, and there's the worst, and I believe this one to be the worst. And it's, and, and that is 
There are many public servants that sought an, a, a, an exemption, a religious or otherwise personal exemption from the, the vaccination. And they went before a star chain of tribunal to explain their religion and their religious belief. And some were peppered and questioned. Do you really believe that? That is a section two violation. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine, Ezra, just imagine the concept that, that one is asked if they believe in what they truly believe in by people. And at the end of it, their job depends on it. Yeah. I mean, the worst that you would expect, I mean, go to Nazi Germany where, you know, are, you know, you know, are you Jewish? And they're asked those questions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, your personal beliefs that should belong to you. That was that I remember as a young lawyer, never should the state ever be in, 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 in the questioning of one's belief. I mean, if we did that, then, then, Truly, everything is under attack. And these people had submitted before bureaucrats that really had no decision-making power because someone above that. And they were questioned, do you really have those beliefs? Tell us more. And why do you want exemption? And, and it's, you know, what are your religious beliefs? I mean, that is, that is circa 1920. So talk about the crushing of individual rights, that was just the vaccines and protocol. Then you saw what happened with the, uh, with, um, the convoy. I mean, that was in the use of the Emergency Act. Now, that Emergency Act is basically the new uh, act of what was used, the War Measures Act. And I mean, think of the title, the War Measures Act. That, those emergency powers will only exist in kind of time of war or unprecedented circumstances. Well, we used it over a peaceful protest. I live in Ottawa. Um, there wasn't one crime, serious crime. There were no assaults. There was no damage to property. A lot of mischief charges, Ezra, <laughs> mischief charges. And um, these people um, were, tr- were at the wit's end with, with the violation of, of, of the rights of Canadians and they came to Canada. So we used the Emergency Act. Again, a suspension of, of, of individual rights. And the worst, Ezra, at this time was using co-opting banks to do the government's dirty crushing of individual rights. Um, imagine, Ezra, you or I could have given $20 to the cause of this, this liberation move or this rights return movement, and we would have had the, the state seizing our accounts, looking into us. I mean, this is, again, to a charter, a lawyer that's a charter baby, I would have never thought any of this remotely would happen in Canada. And, uh, but it has in a short, uh, uh, almost two generations in short 40 years. Um, you know, Ezra JFK once said that uh, freedom and liberty is only one generation away from being lost. Uh, well, in Canada, we're close to two generations away from being lost. And it happened in my lifetime. So many things you mentioned there. I, and I, I, of course, went to law school probably about 15 years after you did. And the charter was treated as this sacred text 
It has not yeah. been used to strike down any substantive public health order, curfew, flight ban, quarantine hotels, quarantine act, the kind of uh, invasiveness of asking someone, do you really believe in that religion? Do you really? Yeah. Imagine oh the government God. doing that. But, you know, what strikes me is that, you know, the pandemic happened in Wuhan in late 2019. In March 2020 is when they started bringing in, declaring these emergencies and the lockdowns, just two weeks, by the way. So we're almost at three years in, Manny. Almost three years since, since the violations of our lives started. And it just blows me away that the Supreme Court of Canada has not yet heard a single case emanating from the lockdowns. They haven't, you know, this vaunted chart of rights it is as if the Supreme Court went on a three a Rip Van Winkle. They fell asleep for three years and they woke up and said, huh, what? Something went on? And and they haven't had a single case. The only thing, and you correct me if I'm wrong on that. Maybe I missed one. I don't think I did. The only thing the Supreme Court did was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court unilaterally declared that the Supreme Court building will have a vaccine mandate. And he announced that. So- Basically, you know where he stood and every right. other judge knew where he stood. So they are they knew, oh, OK, so if this goes all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada, we know in advance that without any arguments on either side, without any facts, the boss of our courts just said he's all in favor of vax mandates because he's brought one in himself. OK, now I know what to do. So not only yeah, has no. the Supreme Court not, not only not done anything, but it's telegraphed to anyone. Oh, don't bother with trials. I'll tell you right now. Vax mandates are kosher. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, the the uh, the committee investigating the uh, the convoy, uh, I mean, just think of the madness, how it's almost dystopian. So just to bring some dates into 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 being um, December, January 2021, 2022, Ontario. Uh, and I think every other province, but I'm going to stick to Ontario because that's where I stand. Lock down every citizen, vaccinated or unvaccinated. The Ontario data at that time showed that the vaccinated were spreading and getting infected at almost 40% higher than the unvaccinated on a per capita basis. These Ontario published numbers. And for that reason, it was important to lock down the vaccinated that were once going to vaccine passport protected places like restaurants and, and, and wherever they were. So Ontario was on a full lockdown because the vaccinated were spreading it more than the unvaccinated. Hmm. And then two days or a few days after that, near the end, when we all, everyone should have known by then you're at home, you're a vaccinated person, and the government says stay home. Everyone should have known by then, I knew by April of 2021, when you look at the numbers in, 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 in Israel, that they went to the, they basically, the vaccinated, because they were six months ahead of Canada, the vaccinated were, were being infected and spreading it uh, as more as much or more than the unvaccinated. But everyone, at least sitting at home, should have known that these vaccines do not stop infection, do not stop transmission. And what does Trudeau do weeks after that? 
or I think it was the 15th of January, I forget the date, but put in a new mandate on our heroes, our truck drivers who stand alone in their trucks, who sit alone and bring us our food and bring us our supplies that we need tirelessly. So can you imagine at the end of the pandemic, when we all knew that, that the vaccines do not stop infection, do not stop transmission, he basically attacks the heroes. And I think, I, you know, obviously there's no science behind it. There's no, there's no compassion behind it. There's no humanity behind it. It just has to be how, I think Trudeau wants to know how far can I take my powers? So if he does, he strips these people of their jobs. They motivate them so much that they, they spend thousands of dollars coming to Ottawa and, and, and 90, in fact, 80% of the people in Ottawa in their trucks were vaccinated. They understood the science. Why are you doing this to these unvaccinated? And during the hearing, it was, I watched parts of it. This is a year later. Yeah. And no one at the trial, no one said, Hey, wait a minute. There was no health reason to to bring this mandate that caused these people to get in their trucks. The issue is settled, uh, Ezra, at least in September. The CDC said there's no difference between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. By now, by the time of the hearing, I mean, Ezra, from a legal point of view, it's almost like a trial was happening and they said, well, we don't care about about." the self-defense argument. We don't care about the guy breaking into his home and that's why we shot him. Um, let's just talk about why you had the gun and why you shot the person. And we don't care about the, the, you know, the law of self-defense. This is why you acted. These men and women and, you know, it got in their trucks because they were acting in self-defense mm-hmm. and the evidence is clear about any of that. Self-defense. I love That's that analogy. You know, by well, the it, way, the New York Supreme Court threw out their vaccine mandates and ordered the state to rehire those that were fired. Right. And they specifically right. cited that there is now proof that the vaccines do not stop transmission. And if you ask um, public health officials, Dr. Fauci, uh, Albert Bourla, the head of Pfizer, they say, oh, no, 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 we never said they stopped yeah, transmission. Right. Well, of course they did say that. Um, that's the whole rationale for forcing someone else other than yourself to have the vaccine. Like if you want a vaccine, take it. That's the libertarian mindset. How can right. you force your neighbor to do so? Well, the, the false rationale was because he will transmit it to me, which doesn't really make sense if exactly. you think it's safe for you. But now it is established law and established science that the vaccines do not stop transmission. So the whole vaccine passport, vaccine mandate business had no factual underpinning. And I I bet you most people in public health, most people in law and politics and the establishment haven't really processed that because they're just, they just know they're on team vaccine, team Pfizer, team Trudeau. Right. It's amazing. So, so Ezra, so you look back in 2022, me as a, again, I go back to the charter baby. It was, you know, I, I, I'm still shaking over what happened to the Canadian people. How could this happen with with this wonderful document, and these wonderful protections? So 2022 and 2021, but 2022 predominantly was a great 
legal letdown. But there's also another legal, another uh, trauma that happened, not to the legal community, not to the rights of law, but to our, our, our um, I'll call our medical profession. I mean, the, the biggest, I mean, I'll talk personally, and I know many uh, that feel this way. I had an absolute trust of our medical system. Mm-hmm. I had an absolute trust of my doctor. Um, I had trust that Health Canada was going through everything carefully about every drug that has been submitted and everything carefully reviewed for the protection of citizens. Well, we watched there are with, with, you know, it's almost in front of us. We watched that there was corruption. There was really no tests of transmission. There was no trust of infection. There was a lot of hiding. Uh, and everyone in the medical community rallied around one thought. The whole concept of the oath, uh, Hippocratic oath, is do no harm. We did much more harm. And now they're agreeing to it. We did much more harm to kids by closures and so on. Uh, so, so I look at and, and, and I ask the question and we know we know that no one looked at the, the, the test data and it was hidden by, by these large pharmaceutical companies to see if what their claims were, were true. No one looked at it. And now I ask myself, how can I trust any doctor who says, take this medicine, this vaccine, when I said, wait, wait a minute, I watched it. I watched the sausages being made and, and, and I have no trust. Um, in, in any of this now, and and that to me, every I'm seeing I'm having a yeah, and every doctor has a big job to do, and that is why weren't you there protecting yeah. the Hippocratic oath? Why weren't you there protecting the trust in doctors? And I say the same thing to lawyers. I yeah. mean, so not only did lawyers fail. Uh, you know, my, 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 uh, my profession, but, but did doctors failed themselves? Like I, I talked to many people that have had a complete 180. I, I don't trust that what the doctor says now because they didn't speak up. Where were the cardiologists? Where were the, the like, so, so there's 2022. I mean, you know, if you wrap it up, there is a, the biggest debt, added to Canada's history that caused us hyperinflation. We've destroyed, you know, um, supply chains. So economically is probably one of the worst things that happened. What happened, the legal and then human rights, worst thing that ever happened. Whatever happened to, I mean, the, the doctor's trust. I mean, like, can you imagine undermining medicine and undermining Health Canada? Do I trust Health Canada? I did, I don't. I mean, it's yeah. that simple because yeah. I watched it. You're so right. And those few doctors who did stand up with a second opinion were hounded, prosecuted, uh, suspended from practicing. Well, here, let me ask you this, because, I mean, you and I have learned so much and we were skeptics by nature and we're skeptics of big government. And and um, but let me put a few facts to you that are troubling. Justin Trudeau won reelection a year ago. He just did. And you could say that his election platform was go harder against the unvaxxed. Lockdown well, no, harder, vaccinate harder. No, 
no, Ezra, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change this because I actually know what happened. <laughs> Not know, but he basically said, hey, you guys who were vaccinated, you did the right thing. You're the 70, 80%. He pitted the 70, 80% against the 20 or 30 at that time. That's a clear win. Mathematically, right. you're on the right side. And then he said, because you did all this, we're going to punish the people that didn't. Right. Whether And illegally, not only punish them that has no basis in science, because by April, we knew that there were just a few breakthrough cases. We knew that Israel's on its third dose and the vaccinated were getting. We knew the science wasn't there, although, although they hit it. We knew the law, and that is we had a charter of rights. No way should you assault that. But he, he, it's very easy, Ezra. I watched this series on, uh, on Netflix called, uh, uh, Tyrants. And, and it's very easy. It's very easy in politics. You simply pick one group that's a majority and you go after the minority and you're going to win. And we've done, I've seen this in my lifetime, you know, whether these, these you know, preacher politicians were going after the, the, the gay community back in the, in the 60s and the 70s. It's easy because a majority will always trample on them. And it's an easy political win. That's what Trudeau's strategy was. It was, it was I'm going to reward you because yeah. you, you know why I'm going to reward you? Because the vaccines didn't work. You're still getting COVID. You're, you got it for nothing. You try to protect your community, but at least we can punish the unvaccinated. That's your reward. Yeah. You're not being punished. And you know what, Ezra? Two Quebec MPs, and you know this, courageous Quebec MPs said it was a strategy, a political strategy. It got media for about one day, and they were shooed away. Yeah. It was a strategy yeah. to pit the honest minority the the patriot minority against the majority yeah. and the majority got their their and they felt good because when you close a restaurant in september or when you lose a job i didn't lose my job because of a vaccine i voted for the right guy i did the right thing and punish these people yeah. just abhorrent it's yeah. abhorrent well that's a terrifying way to look at it and you're so right yeah. and it wasn't just trudeau by the way uh, british columbia the, the premier there was sure. reelected ontario's premier was reelected, sure. and he had a brutal lockdown. Quebec actually had curfews, and the premier there was elected very strongly. You know, I after a great division in society, like I, I remember in South Africa, after decades of apartheid, um, they had something they called the Truth and Reconciliation Committee. Now, they, they, they did a similar thing in Canada on indigenous issues, and the whole idea is... Let's actually try and find some common ground morally. We're not necessarily going to prosecute people or jail people or condemn people. Can we just air out the facts and try and get along because we've got to live with each other? That's how it was in post-apartheid South Africa. And there was sim something similar after the Nazis were defeated. There was a denazification right. after the Soviet Empire fell. Even in Iraq, after Saddam Hussein, they had something called de-bathification. Bath was the name of the political party. Yeah. Um, in Poland, in Germany, in Czechoslovakia, in Hungary, after the Soviet regime, those countries had to live with themselves and with each other. And they went through this process of airing things out and trying to build a common view again. And I don't think that's happened in Canada. I think yeah. that, that we've, we're still pitted against each other. Trudeau got away with it. There was no... There was no truth and reconciliation. And as you say, he deliberately exacerbated the differences because he thought, well, I'll take the I'll take the bigger percentage and just win. 
Ezra, he called the unvaccinated bigots, misogynists, um, racists, uh, people with views that shouldn't belong. This was at the time when the science was clear that the unvaccinated were correct. Uh, he under one thing that Trudeau does understand. He does understand um, pitting the majority against minority, and he does understand. Um, and so it is. It, it continues to this day, uh, Ezra. All that has to happen. Listen, here's the problem, Ezra. It isn't about you know, the examples that you, you gave. The problem is that the media is on that side as well. The media is on that side and they are still doing substantial narratives to protect it. What you need is a full, honest approach as to what was the science. And yeah, you know what, we got it wrong, but, it, but that's what has to happen. I mean, the big uh, pharmaceutical companies are spending a fortune on media. So yeah. they have a, a yeah. vested interest to continue with it. I mean, I've never seen more. Fi I mean, it, it seems to me that, that the, the deeper that Pfizer paints itself into a corner, and I wish I was 30 years old and back in my legal career, because that would be a wonderful uh, um, a class action lawsuit. But the more they're in the corner, they understand the more that they have to pay out. I've never seen more Pfizer ads, if you notice. I mean, not not of the vaccine, other products. Uh, so they're just, and, and, and that buys the media and keeps it quiet and yeah. keeps it quiet for a few years. Uh, but But really all, this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, what we've seen with, with, with Africa and, 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 and South Africa. This is a decision that was based on science. These are people in the same family. This isn't a black person versus a white person and all the ignorance uh, and, and bigotry that belongs there. This is brother and sister of the same family that are not talking to each other because the science was lied to them by the government. So, you know, these aren't different people or different races or different cultures. They're from the same bloody family. And all we need to help these families is by the media saying the truth. We got it wrong. We were wrong. We shouldn't have implemented this. These, 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 these unvaccinated understood it better than we did. They were courageous. Let's unify families first. Let's unify communities and then unify the country under science, not because we all now are understand. So that's this is the troubling part. I understand racism. I mean, you know, I'm an immigrant. I understand the unknowns, what was happening in South, in South Africa or Germany and, and all that racism. But this is discrimination was based on a lie on science that was untrue. That should be snapped, fixed in a minute. Hmm. Let me shift gears a little bit because uh, right. we, we talked a lot about um, the pandemic and yeah. the vaccine rules and the, and the convoy and Trudeau and the, the polarization. And you're right. He absolutely leaned into division. That's how he won it. Yeah. Um, how about Canada's place in the world? I remember when Trudeau won uh, after Harper in 2015, and the Liberals said, "Oh, we, we'll be respected on the world stage again. We won't have this doctrinaire guy who doesn't get it. Stephen Harper doesn't get." It. I think Stephen Harper had a very strong foreign policy. Uh, I think Canada was truly a leader, a moral leader. Um, Harper warmed up relations with India, which I think is very important. 
Um, even though Barack Obama was president at the same time, Harper and Obama got along pretty well. In fact, it wasn't until Trudeau won the election that Obama actually killed the Keystone XL pipeline. Obama didn't do that until Harper was gone, uh, despite all the disagreements. But, but the left likes to fancy themselves great masters of the arts of the great game. And, and they haven't been. What do you think about Canada's place in the world? I, I think a, a lot of people should have been disabused of things when when Canada lost the UN Security Council vote. Not that that vote means anything, but it is a barometer yeah. of how other countries' governments view you. What has Trudeau done to Canada on the world stage, not just in the last year, but I guess in the last seven years? Well, I, that's a good question. I have to go back in my 50 years of observing this and say, what does Canada mean to the world? And for the longest time, uh, and here's, you know, here's the answer, Ezra. We can't, you know, I'm an immigrant to this country. It's a great country. And boy, did I come to a great place. This country, this young country, not even a dominion, put more men at risk to fight for freedom and liberties in, 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 in this first and second world war. Uh, Canada was to the world toe to toe as strong as America in its ability to fight and spread human rights around the world. That's who we, I mean, if I had to say what's the most defining definition or value of Canada, we are the, 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 the individual rights champions around the world. Obviously, America is more than we because it's clout and its ability. In Hong Kong, when they were lost their rights and China took over, they were flying the American flag. Uh, but Canada was a close second. So that to me. Now, what Trudeau understood this because Harper, Prime Minister Harper did a great job on that. And Trudeau understood it. And if you might remember, early in his career, Trudeau tried to be the champion of individual rights. And so what did he do? He kind of, even before he was elected, gave a, a, a compassionate view of the Boston bomber. Remember that, Ezra? Yeah. And he basically yeah. said, well, you know, where did he come from? Because we Canadians understand individual rights. Then he went on and the Omar Kadar, which is a complete abomination from a legal point of view. But uh, there he is. He picks the, the kind of the most trampled case of individual rights and said, this person who agreed that he committed murder still has rights. And that's a champion cause of Canada. Then he picked a fight with, with, um, Saudi Arabia and the, uh, about, uh, Ralph Bawaldi, um, uh, case where he basically called for his freedom. This, this journalist who's in jail and, and he wanted to get he wanted Canada, he wanted to do better than Harper in the sense that Canada was a place where individual rights were of great value. So he, those three, but what really happened? I'm going to tell you something. I know Stephen Harper. He truly believes in his core individual rights. Hmm. You can tell that, that, uh, Justin, Justin Trudeau does not believe in it because what we saw in 2022 with the using the emergency act yeah. on truckers 
clearly tells me that he's more of an autocratic dictator. He doesn't understand individuals. If it was in your soul, you would have not called yeah. for that. Yeah. If it was in your soul, you would have not fired people. You would have just resisted. You would have let them test or whatever you want to do. But no. So, so if you ask me that broad question, we are well, we're a mockery around the world on individual rights now because of the truckers, because of the mandates. And so we've lost, I mean, what are we to the world? We're much less than we were before. You know, I mean, and I just think of China, how Trudeau sucks up to China so badly. But I don't know if you remember this little interaction where Xi Jinping gave Trudeau a little dressing down uh, like a boss would uh, uh, berate an employee. Here's a little clip from their recent uh, meeting in Asia. Take a look. Let's create the conditions first. By the way, I like it when Canada and China are at odds politically and diplomatically. I think we've been too subservient. Trouble is, Canada is still completely subservient. I mean, the RCMP was just found to be giving... Uh, secure communications sure. contracts to China. There are Chinese police stations in Canada. So, I mean, for for even though Trudeau sucks up like crazy, he's still berated by the Chinese dictators. Quite something. Well, look, Manny, um, 2022 was the best of times and the worst of times. It was the darkest moments of the lockdown, the flight ban, the martial law. But it was also a moment of courage where ordinary Canadians, working class people mainly, stood up and said enough and actually began to set us free. So I saw the best and the worst in 2022. If I had to ask you to make a prediction about 2023, and it's always hard, predictions about the future are a lot harder than predictions about the past. Um, what do you think, uh, what should, what is something to watch for in 2023? Is there something that you're hopeful about or is there something that you're trepidatious about? I, I'm actually moving towards more trepidation. I think there is a generation that doesn't understand values. Uh, I'm sorry, in individual rights and freedoms and privacy. I think the test, what I saw with the vaccine mandates and the trucker, uh, all that stuff is set aside is how much will the populace um, subvert to the state and and once you break that and once they've done it once once i mean ezra let me put it very clearly once you've given up your body your autonomy to your body to the state um you're done and i think we're going to see much worse i'm going to see we're going to see you know fiscal you know financial autonomy we're going to see much worse we uh, the fact that i didn't see a bunch of doctors and a bunch of lawyers and a bunch of people saying, stop, this is the wrong direction. This is against what Canada stands for. I mean, listen, it's okay to be another country. It's okay to be Cuba and North Korea and China. 
but Canada had its own place and its own definition. You want to change it? Go ahead. The populist will change it. That's what I think is happening because we, it took truck drivers, truck drivers who I respect immensely for them to say, we are the residual part of what Canada truly needs. And to see that is frightening because I think once you've given up, so when you ask me for 2023, I mean, I think an election's coming. How do I know that? Well, 2019, Trudeau paid a bunch of money to a social, uh, to a, uh, media companies to win the election. Now we're changing social media laws so you can ban me and other people more. And, and so that helps him. So I, I, I think that's a setup for an election that's coming up. Um, but it, so I, I think, I think Canadians, well, it's just, we're not teaching how, terrible it could become and even with examples of what's happening in europe i mean there's two places you can get your information from china you see what's happening oh yeah but that will never happen in canada well it's happening you know i mean you can you know you but go to europe where they really lost their their own autonomy over their own energy i mean there 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 are people people that i know that are cutting down trees to get through the winter time it's just like how much can you allow the state to infringe on your life. And so I think we, I think 2022 was a big test. And the big test is, did we break the spine of people who understand, um, autonomy, who understand freedom, who under, and they, they passed that test. The, they, they passed it. And so there's a few of us left. And, um, and um, I don't know. I think Canada is going to keep going on this slippery slope. Maybe with a change of government and maybe by hearing it. But we need the media on side. The media kind of likes, I mean, it's kind of neat. Eh? I mean, the media has its people in control. So it's, why would they want to give that up? I mean, so my team's in, I mean, we, we, we saw that with, with Twitter. I mean, that's not even in the news that the the bombshell that Twitter was co-opted by the government to give this particular uh, point of view. I mean, that's frightening. Nah, yeah. It's okay. Well, I, hope we find, I hope we find out what Canadian government officials were meddling with Twitter in Canada, because I'm most certain that it had, why wouldn't it happen up here? The Canadian Liberal Party and the U.S. Democrat Party are in lockstep on their campaign tactics. And I'm quite sure that, to, that sure. if we ever see the truth, we'll see that the the government tried to get, for example, Rebel News censored yeah. the throttle. Well, Manny, it's oh, great yeah. to catch up with you. I um, I think you're right. My, I wonder when an election is coming. 2023 would seem to be in the rhythm of this government. They had one in 2019 and 2021. Uh, I just think if the economy slows down, I don't know if Trudeau will want to go to the polls in the middle of that, but we'll, we'll find out. And I'll tell you one thing. As you know, we are journalists who are not on the payroll of Trudeau, and it'll fall right. to us to tell the other side of the story. You know we will. Manny, great to catch up with you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks for spending some time with us today. No problem. Merry Christmas to you and your staff, and continue doing the great work that you do. Uh, I'll tell you something. When we lose the rebel, we're faster and closer to that uh, the, the loss of our, our, our individual rights. So, uh, you know, keep hanging in and doing what you do. Will do, my friend. Thanks very much. There you have it, Manny Montenegrino, the CEO of Think Sharp, who joined us today via Skype from Ottawa. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.